Hey guys, we're back um, here with the Day 9 Part 2 episode. I know we had a little break in there. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that AMA. I had a lot of fun doing that in the previous episode. Uh, but we're now going to continue on with my conversation with my little brother, Day 9. Uh, it's kind of weird because this is the 10th episode, so uh, somehow he managed to be in the 8th and the 10th episode, but not the 9th, beside, uh, despite being Day 9. Um, so a uh, real quick uh, recap here. This was recorded a while back. Uh, our father is a journalist in Hong Kong. And so we had a family trip, him and I did, out there where we stayed in Hong Kong for, I guess, a little bit over a week. I got out there a little bit before him. Um, and I guess, as you guys, have, if you've been following the news at all, you've probably seen that uh, the protests have gotten pretty crazy out there. So a little story for you. I got in a little bit earlier than Sean did, I think by about a day or two. Um so I packed my bags. Uh, I, I remember uh, calling my dad ahead of time and saying, hey, you know, I see that there's some protests. This is when they were pretty light. Uh, and I said, do I need to be worried? Should I be ready for anything? And he said, no, you know, it's, it's actually been pretty tame. I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, so I, I put on my comfy clothes, sweat uh, pants, and this T-shirt I usually wear when I take flights. I get to Hong Kong. Turns out that day was when the protests were really heating up. So... Um, I get down there. I meet up with my dad. Uh, we're walking to my Airbnb. And um, while he's down there, you know, right, right when I got in, he said, why would you wear black? And I said, what are you talking about? And he goes, all the protesters are wearing black. And I went, oh, really? And then we looked at where my Airbnb was, and it was right where the protest was. So we get down there, and it's like fucking Curb Your Enthusiasm music plays like right when I get there. Uh, I, I end up walking through this crazy protest uh I mean, very peaceful, of course, but um, we get to the Airbnb. I drop my stuff off, and then we went to a bar together, and we watched on Twitch as the protesters stormed the Ledgeco building um, and defaced the uh, Hong Kong emblem. It was totally crazy. Um, you know, I was there for a week. Uh, I came back, and then not shortly after that, the uh, actually it occupied the airport, so I kind of just barely got out of the thick of it there, but... I had a really good time. I wish everybody good luck in Hong Kong. I hope that uh, stuff can finally get resolved down there. Um, anyways, in this episode of the podcast, uh, my brother and me continue our conversation that we had in my Airbnb. We went a little bit deeper on this one. We talked a lot more about uh, emotional stuff, panic attacks, uh, weird experiences with fans. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this one. Uh, before I start the episode, I want to remind you guys, if you enjoy this show, uh, supporting us on Patreon makes a huge difference. It's patreon.com forward slash tasteless podcast. We've also rearranged the way the Patreons are set up. We had a lot of people requesting to have more access to more stuff for $10, um, and we did it. So if you were not sure about supporting us before because you didn't feel comfortable paying uh, for more than you wanted to, I think well, I would encourage you to go check it out now. I think we've got a much cooler deal going on. I kind of set up all the numbers pretty arbitrarily when I just started the podcast because I was in a hurry to get this thing going. Uh, anyways, without further ado, this is part two, my conversation with my little brother, Day 9. Enjoy. Okay, so I was talking about anxiety. We were talking about that earlier about, you know, it happening in, in, excuse me, it happening in tournaments. Now we're talking about us as as people who are public speakers. Okay, so this this is this is the wrong order. When I started doing the day nine dailies, when I started streaming, when I would do live events and I would talk in front of crowds, zero anxiety, like like literally proper zero. 
How? But you say in front of crowds as well, like live audiences. Yeah, no. At, at BlizzCon, I, I I remember it was two thousand and ten, I guess two thousand and eleven, something like this. I don't know something like this, Nick. I don't remember the year. Um, I don't know how I got so high. Uh, there it is. <laughs> Melty, do with this what you will. Um, I no, yeah. There was a period of time where something broke. And the tech, whether it was internet or a, a relay signal or something, and they said, we need you to fill. So I just went up there with a bunch of the voice actors, and I just filled in front of an audience. Of, I mean, it was BlizzCon, so it was probably in front of the stage, you know, four or 5,000, felt totally fine. I, I felt completely fine, and over the years, I have developed a very weird, situational, bone-crushing stage fright. I, I mean, I call it stage fright. But it doesn't happen when I go out on stage. It happens at very particular times. That It's weird. Like, occasionally I'll just be there. I'll be talking. I'll be feeling good. And all of a sudden, I can't breathe. All of a sudden, I just, I suddenly, oh, I get this, like, clutch. And, you know, like, if like I'm, in your chest or? In, in my chest and in my stomach. It's, it feels like someone has poured metal, like cold metal into my stomach. And, you know, if I'm live, if I'm streaming, no one notices because I you don't have to talk all the time if you're streaming. So you just stop. Um, but it's it's difficult to sort of push past if I am at a live event. I'm on stage. I'm doing something like that. And again, I feel like this is what it means to to do this professionally is it's not that I don't get nervous because I'd say like 95 percent of the time, 99 percent of the time, I'm just not nervous. I, I feel fine. But occasionally I just can't breathe occasionally it just sneaks up on me. Would, would you describe this as a, uh, like a panic attack or is it kind of like a looming generalized anxiety? It's definitely not the looming generalized anxiety. I love doing live shows. I love standing yeah. out there. And I mean, like I, I dude, I love games. Oh my God. I can't wait to talk about games that I've played my whole life, like Starcraft or Magic the Gathering, or games I don't fucking know anything about. I want to stand up there and I want to see people out there who have the same interest and I can like look right into their eyes. I love crowds for this reason. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love streaming. Streaming's great. And you see chat, but you can see the eyes of someone in the audience and you can just see that they're like paid to be there and this is the moment the show begins one of my greatest moments i or greatest moments for me in terms of just joy and then sometimes it's like make sure sean that you talk about this is going to happen at the 4th of september and that this is going to occur and i mean like like benign details sometimes i'll start going through them sometimes i will just get so overwhelmed with this weird physiological bone crushing stress so i used to have Panic attacks really badly. Yeah. Um, it, it was not as associated with casting. I've definitely dealt with stressful casting environments, but especially at the start of StarCraft II, there were some very <laughs> fucked up stressful casting environments. Yeah. I mean, MLG would have us broadcasting for 11 fucking hours. And there's a point where it's like, I need a break, right? But I think that was more me enduring stress, right? Sure. Um, I don't really have the panic attacks anymore. Uh, I've pretty much beaten them. Or when I feel the coming of that sensation, I'm able to basically think, okay, this is going to be gone in a couple minutes. Yeah. Where I think beforehand I had to have a feedback loop. For me, um, it only ever lasts about 30 seconds, about 60 seconds. Oh, and, really? Okay. And, and, and 
no one's ever really said anything or noticed anything because it's one of these weird things where like uh, the way I describe it is it's like making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. If I said to you, hey, it's the best day of your life. Make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh my God, you're having the hardest time ever. Make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. They're both going to be peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, man. Like when, when we have casted for so long, like I'm coming up on the 10 year anniversary of my first live stream. Oh my God. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It does not feel like it's been that long. Yeah. And I mean that if I'm coming up on 10 years, that means you're coming up on 12 years of moving to Korea and yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, you, you, if someone is really upset with you, you do the show. If you are having, if you're feeling kind of off and tired, you do the show. If someone you care about has died, you do the show. If you are feeling euphoric, you calm down and you do the show, right? Like that, this, there's this, there's this rhythm, this muscle that kicks in where you, where you just do the show. And so even when I'm having like absolute, this weird thing happening internally, that's okay. I'm just going to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm just going to do the show, you know? Well, so uh, did you have to do something to kind of, um, neutralize though is there something you do like i know this is almost cliche but i actually like i used to meditate all the time sure um and i feel like i'm at a point i don't need to do it as much or if i start to feel um sensations of stress i kind of know how to sort of meditate like even at the yeah. start of the show because i always feel a little bit distracted when i start doing these recordings i sort yeah. of focus on some meditative stuff i try to feel like the seat that i'm sitting in um and i find when i'm, I'm more present in myself that can kind of go away. Do you have anything like that 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 you have done or had to do um, Very, to, again, yes. to neutralize that? Super duper, yeah. Now, there's this model that uh, was explained to me that helps so much to frame what was going on. It's unconscious incompetence, conscious incompetence, conscious competence, and then the best is unconscious competence. So, you know, starting at the left, I, I would just suddenly start to have, like, anxiety attacks. You know, and, and I'm talking about these, like, anxiety attacks live. We really don't happen to me live. They, they tend to happen in weird, just social situations. I'll be at a dinner with six or seven good friends. And someone will be like, dude, shall tell that story of that thing that happened one time. And I start to tell it, and, like, ten seconds in, I can't breathe. You know, one of those sorts of things. And I, and I had the experience of unconscious incompetence where I would go, what? the heck is happening to me what on earth is going on and if i just like step away from this model for a moment when you do a lot of live production uh you know you get the the, the wonderful opportunity to work with a huge variety of really talented people and a bunch very of different... international people as oh, well gosh. i've worked with people from all over the world at these events and I mean, it's it's super interesting even to like, you know, when I was doing BWC in China to have a director that did not really speak English and we were trying to work together. Right. You know, you you have this like camaraderie, this this awesomeness, but you also have, I mean, I, I want whoever's listening, imagine the most stressful moment of your life and you're live in three, two, one, and you got to be happy, right? You have this weird forced suppression of certain emotions because you got to do the show. You got to do the show. And I think that, there were experiences that I had that were like that, that were actually so awful. You mean, I, I don't know if you've had experiences like this, but there's shows where people are screaming, stuff isn't working. Oh, you yeah. Have no, I mean, to if, do if, this. If, yeah, if you have, I mean, there's a weird thing about hosting because you are going to be 
you're going to be the battery for all the complaints if it doesn't go on. A lot of times there's stuff happening that's out of your control. Um, I've also had periods where I thought this just isn't the right setup for what I need. Like I'm not getting what I need. I've occasionally had people try to give me, I'll give you an example of this for me. Um, cause nowadays I'm, I'm, I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty calm. I have, I'm, I'm Nick in performance Nick because so cool. <laughs> thank you, Sean. Wow. I think nowadays I, part of it's because I get to practice, um, yeah. by doing GSL every week or doing yeah, ASL that's that like live streams as practice. Right. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm comfortable in that environment. But I've got a PD that's talking in my ear. There's a live audience, and you know, people show up, and so I'm getting watched. It's a little bit of a different setup, but there's something like that. But uh, I remember when Heroes of the Dorm was going on. Um, so this was obviously for Heroes of the Storm. This is the first time uh, esports was going to be on cable uh, news. Yeah, and um, ESPN two, I think it was ESPN two, right? Um, and you were there uh, for that very stressful event. Very stressful event. It was like everybody was so caught up with the other things, and they were, everybody was giving me useful. Or, I'm sorry, things that were not useful. Uh, <laughs> they were useful. Excuse me, what I meant was <laughs> very not fucking useful. They were all. The whole production crew was scrambling. Uh, I, I had no idea what the format of the show was. I couldn't get anybody to answer any questions, and I remember because I we started the show standing, and all the people that were there were just off camera staring at me as I opened the show. Like all the important people, <laughs> the, the, the main people, the production staff, <laughs> the Morheims, everybody important at Blizzard. And they're just staring right off of camera. And I thought, okay, none of these people are supposed to be in my eye shot. I'm trying to open the show. You know what I mean? And it, it, I thought, okay, this is just not, this is not a setup where we're, People are aware of like what's distracting and what's not. Like yeah, you know, and, normally and I, mean, I, I don't want anybody behind the camera. I don't want anybody. Yes, I yes. don't want anybody giving me something that's going to bother me before I go live because I'm trying to galvanize my mind and my body into this thing where I can then uh, push that through into the show and stay in that element and, and, and yeah, get comfortable. And I, I, I want to stress to everyone: it's not that anyone did anything wrong by being there, that they were being evil or bad or immoral or any of that. I just want to note: these are extra stressors that are being added in. You know, because it, it's like trying yeah. to it's trying it, to like contain an inflating balloon where you're just like. Okay, we're going to go live in 30 seconds. And then you just start to see the people line up and you can feel the tension rising. You're like, no, no, calm, 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 calm. calm. I mean, I'm, spo- I'm supposed to be mostly boring on the air. Here we well, go. For for me, it's just I'm, I'm trying to get into a mode. I mean, I've talked about this in some of the other podcasts, but the last thing you'd ever want to have happen before you go live on a show, and keep in mind this is an unscripted show, which is it's very different from a play uh, or I'm an actor or I have these lines I've memorized. I have to just start talking. I'm broadcasting and I'm supposed to be trying to navigate this this show through 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 hours of content and it's a mind yeah. game that requires I'm essentially on some level I'm taking an oral test there's times where I have not passed it was not a good I was not a good performer or I got a strategy <laughs> wrong because this is the hardest fucking game in the world there's times where it's gone well and I feel in my element but if I have too many things there that are uh distracting me or making me not able to focus on my job, then I start to get stressed out. Um, but I remember hosting the show and having all these people basically standing off camera, sort of not aware 
okay, this is a distraction. You guys should be in production. Sure. You guys should be somewhere else. I don't want to see a crowd of all the people that, you know, can have sway in my career or or, or, or just – this is not <laughs> – this is just – it's better if I could just have me and the camera there as I felt my knees start to shake a little bit. And I thought, oh, my God. This was the only time I had this really bad, I think, on camera. Yeah. And I, nobody noticed. Nobody said a word. I, not, not a peep on the internet. Not um, a person who was there watching. I thought, but I thought, I'm I'm going to lose it. I'm oh. I'm going to freak oh out. Oh, my God. And, 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 but I knew because I've experienced that sensation before. I thought, but it's going to go away because there's no way my body can stay in this state. For that long. So if it's ever weird, it's only right when you go on camera um, and you get that out of the way. And then by the time you're in the game, I've casted games almost half my life now. So I'm in my element there. But wow. Yeah, I, guess I found that's right. Yeah, I found that a lot of the, the, the stress or anxiety just comes from not being in a healthy environment before you yeah. go on air. I mean, I worked with some, uh, especially early on in Korea, because, you know, uh, English language Korean production at the time when I went out to Korea 12 years ago was very bottom of the barrel as and, far as... Pr- and also you were not, I don't know, fluent in Korean. <laughs> right. So I, <laughs> yeah, at the time. That probably uh, contributed at least some. Well, there's there's cultural things I didn't get at the time or, um, you know, if you go to different countries, there's different ways they produce shows. Like Germans make shows very differently than people in Los Angeles do. Um, and so you kind of get more acquainted with that how that works over time but um yeah i definitely had worked with some people that were pretty toxic or or ambivalent and and not motivated i've I've had directors who basically like i'll do a segment they'll go sean you need to stop just and just it's horrible and just i mean you can't keep doing you can't keep doing it for the rest of the broadcast okay yeah live in three oh fuck i want to stress to you (laughs) You can't keep it. You need to stop doing it live in three, two, one. And you have to have a muscle that knows how to suppress that stress and focus and do it. And, you know, I, this is a slightly tangent story, but this is, you know, reminding me of what you were talking about. I uh, worked at a TwitchCon where Anna Prosser, who is one of the best hosts in the history of gaming, um, She's excellent. God, God, she's good. And uh, her and Rachel Quirico, like, you know, you know, I talked about the stage fright thing. Right. R- Rachel Quirico, who some of you know is Seltzer Please, was someone that I would just watch over and over and over again. Is it Quirico like, or Quirico? Don't instill doubt in me. Don't you do oh, that. I, I, I I, 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 why I would you ask me that? All right. <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> sorry, Mrs. Q. I, uh, I, 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 <laughs> no, I, I, think it, I think it's Quirico. And if it's wrong, then Rachel. I'm sorry. Rachel, your last name is too unusual, but we love you. Anyways, go our ahead. Our last name is Plot. We don't know how to deal our, with our, it. Our, our name sounds like Jello falling on tiles. So we to, to we use hammers for all screws. Um, <laughs> anyways, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I would watch uh, Rachel a lot because she was so just calm and poised and just there and present. She's so good. And, like, Ra- Rachel's, or, um, excuse me, Anna's another one of those hosts who's just so calm and poised and excellent. And glowing with charisma. Yeah, and she's just happy to be there, and you know I know her. You know I've I've hung out with Anna a lot, lot just outside of work, and she's happy to actually be there. You know she's just in a really good spirits about it, and she was like, "Hey, I'm doing this talent show at TwitchCon. I will handle everything for you. 
I will put all the stuff that you need on note cards. We're going to have extra teleprompters just in case. I don't use teleprompters, by the way, uh, for any of my shows because because <laughs> I don't know how to read, Nick. No, I, <laughs> I I don't know about you, but like if, if I use a teleprompter, I start not I, I stop talking and I start reading. There, you know what uh, I mean? that when I was doing that ESPN thing, that was reading from a teleprompter, and it was one of my first times, and I thought, okay, this is very odd. Oh, and they and they they got it wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's that right. When really we were doing fun. that opening of the show for ESPN, the the teleprompter started going, and I'm like, "That's not, that's not." Even and so there was this. Happen. I remember we turned, we kind of talked. <laughs> I don't know if I made this clear, but both Sean and me were hosting at this this event. Um, but uh, and it was who else was there? It was Grubby and Artosis? Uh, it was yeah. all four of us on camera. Um, yeah, I had not used tele. I, I will say, if you if you give teleprompters a shot a couple times. It, it causes, especially with a lot of like TV, TV production, everybody calms down because they're terrified of the idea that, of what you're going to say on camera because they don't realize in a lot of esports right. people just talk. Like, there's no way I could have uh, writers for my job. Like, that would be that would not help me, you know. But if if it's a small segment, I'll go with a teleprompter. But I found it usually it's the other way around. People rely on teleprompters and then they go into freeform broadcasting. Sure. Uh, when they get really comfortable just sort of being themselves um, while still being focused. But, yeah, in our industry, it's usually the opposite. You get two guys who right. just go on camera, and they kind of figure it out. And then um, then you end up with weird situations where you're having to use some tool that you never had to use before. And, you know, like, like so, so Anna was like, we're going to have teleprompters for the talent show. It's You can use them. You can not use them. I already have all everything written out on note cards. I just I want a host that I'm comfortable working with that I trust. So just you should do this talent show. And I was like, yeah, sure. And, and I mean, it was TwitchCon, so I was, you know, I was working other things, and it was just a, it was a long event. I was tired, right? And the, the talent show was the last thing I was doing, and it was on the glitch stage, the main stage at TwitchCon. And I remember I was up there, and I, the, I mean, it was very straightforward hosting. Coming up next, we have a guitar player who, blah blah blah, goes under this ID and has made three albums on Twitch and so on and so forth. I remember I was up there, and I went, our next guest is a guitar player who, and then something in my brain just turned off. Because I think I think I was overtired. It yeah. It just turned off. Now, it, like, it wasn't stress. I wasn't, like, anxious. I wasn't nervous. It's just, I would just, it, I stopped talking. And I remember thinking, oh, look at that. Nothing's happening. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, oh, what do you know? And I remember I, I was still nodding my head left and right as though I were talking. Really? And then I started reading again and just kept talking about who was going to be coming out next, and we did it. And Anna was like, hey, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. It was weird. I just, my brain shut off. And she was like, you know, because she's an experienced host, she was like, oh, no, that happens. That's fine. <laughs> have have <laughs> so, you seen this? Uh, do you know who Dan Harris is? He's a news anchor. Rings a bell. Um, but he had a panic attack on camera. Oof. Once, yeah, yeah, and he's since then gone on to write a book about it. And he's, uh, <laughs> but I, I found that for some reason seeing someone else have that was like almost therapeutic. I'm like, oh, okay, this is normal. You know what I oh, mean? Gosh. He had, I, I think he had been, I think in his story he said he had been doing uh, cocaine and ecstasy like oh a, a few days God. before. A few, so his, you know, brain chemistry is not in the right spot. But uh, you can YouTube it. Uh, but he's since then gone on to to do a podcast about meditation, and yeah, he's got a successful book deal. Um, and I, I, he's a very interesting guy. But 
you know, just realizing, okay, so other people have stresses or anxiety. I, it was very helpful. I, I know for me, oh, mine came yeah. from exhaustion. I had, this was right in the StarCraft two boom. And so I had but, gone. So, so what year is it? If you can frame it for me. What's the year? StarCraft two came out, uh, it's, July twenty seventh, two thousand and ten. Two thousand and ten. Twenty six. So this had to be two thousand and twelve. Sure. So it was uh, ever there was a tournament basically every weekend, and you know we kind of Dan and me had gone from you know basically trying to just convince companies to let us be on camera to now we're getting flown all over the place. Um, I went to. I, I, the order might be off here, but I think you guys are going to get the idea by the time I'm done with this. Nikolai, I had gone to um, Rhode Island, flown from Rhode Island to Sweden. Um, from Sweden, I came back to Korea. I then did a, a gig in the Philippines. Back to Korea, went to Pusan, did a gig there. Back up from Pusan, flew to oh, I know exactly I want to say it was like Los about. Angeles. And I mean, again, the order this might be. Then I got back to Korea, and and after landing, I had to go to a, a meeting for some more business and um you know it's it's normal in korean barbecue they pour shots of soju and traditionally uh you know if you're doing korean business or you're trying to be polite you pour shots for other people you never pour your own drink um yeah and, and, it, and, it, and, and th- there's a reason for this isn't it right if someone pours you a drink it sort of obligates you to drink it uh right yeah yeah and and so basically i felt so so tired and so stressed out and as I held up my hand to, to for the shot glass for um, this person I was doing business with um, to pour me the soju, I could see my hand was shaking uncontrollably. And it was this moment I could oh. see everybody was looking oh. at it. And I thought, what the fuck? Like, I didn't. Oh and, I, my and, God. and then it, it freaked me out, right? And then he tried to continue to. It was, you know, a polite moment. They tried to act like they didn't see it, right? Of course. But they poured the soju into the glass and it <laughs> spilled over onto my fingers onto the barbecue. <laughs> oh, so smoke goes everywhere and i picked up i put the shot glass down and i walked out (laughs) i just fucking (laughs) you just go no 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 no, wait wait, that's not true i went to the bathroom and i i I had a moment like i was that fucking dad in heavy rain where i'm like you know (laughs) you know yeah i'm like trying to hit x and triangle and and, you're just trying to get to the quick time event yeah it's I, I i was just and I'm like, what is going on in my brain? Like I was, and I was like splashing water in my face. And then I sat down, and they and I said, I'm I'm so sorry. I think I'm a little bit ill. And they said, Oh, it's okay. Let's go ahead and give you that that shot. I mean, I they, so and then I it was a repeat. And then I picked, and I spills it again. And by then, my hands moving all over the fucking place. Yeah. And I'm I'm doing that heavy rant. I'm trying to hit X and fucking make a quarter circle. And, and, and do, instead, you're and the, tripping on the chickens. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And. And so then I just put, and then and that's when I walked out. I just walked out. I had a full blown panic attack. I got into yeah. the taxi, and I was like having a difficulty controlling my breath. <laughs> and the guy's like, "What?" In Korean, basically, he's like, "What the fuck? Are you okay?" And I'm like, oh. "I'm like, I'm fine." I'm like, "Bring me to my apartment," you know. I'm I was, sorry. Uh, I'm laughing. Is, I just this is I back just, when I uh, when yeah. I smoked. I've, I've since quit, but I was like, I need to smoke a cigarette out your window. Of the, I mean, the guy's like, oh, whatever, man. Holy shit. You know, it's just like, oh, my God. And he goes, he's like, are you sure you need to go to the hospital? Are you like having a problem with your heart? And I'm like, no. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it's. Yeah. And then, and then I got back. I mean, eventually I calmed down and it was like, and just to make it clear, but I personally, I don't have that 
issue anymore. But I basically had to go to therapy and start meditating, but uh, you know, to overcome it. But it, it was brought on because of extreme exhaustion. Yeah. It was like my brain yeah. chemistry was off. Uh, this is also when esports events did not have their shit together, so they'd work you to the bone. Yeah, there was know, like, I, I, it was like all these companies wanted to be TV like, but it had not worked. In, you can't put people on camera that long. You yeah, can't make them. There was no host. There was no yeah. color commentary. There was no play by play. There were no interviews. There was nothing. It was okay, Sean. We're live. It's nine a.m. Three, two, one. You're live, and you know I, I would do events where I was live from nine a.m. to one p.m. Excuse me, nine a.m. to one a.m. Yeah, no, no. And it, it was it was you know sixteen, seventeen hours live, and then you'd go back and you'd sleep for three hours, four hours, five hours. Get up, go live nine a.m. One a.m. Yeah, and it was and it was just you and, you and a company, and you were talking the whole time, and you'd have three bathroom breaks, the whole time. No, it was it was a totally fucked period in, in the industry. But all of that work and the travel and the jet lag and, and trying to negotiate contracts in between then, and it's just it was like I sat down. And by the way, this meeting was um, for business was, was with an old friend, so it wasn't like I was I should have been no, freaked you know, that, out by the person. That's the thing that's it's so hard because it feels like. Your body's betraying you because so much of doing, uh, you know, live streaming, live commentary, live hosting is in some way about suppression. I have real things I'm dealing with. Maybe there is a bill that's plaguing me. I had this identity theft bullshit that was annoying me for a while. Sorry, you had identity theft bullshit? Yeah, no. Some someone just got a, a hold of my. Oh, I'm sorry. Number. Okay, you mean? Okay, I thought that was, was like a metaphor for some. Okay, sorry. No, no, no. I, it was actually identity theft. Okay, no, literally it. some fucking. Guy, I thought this I, was like some kind of psychological term. I'm I didn't know. not deep. It was identity. Okay. Theft. <laughs> you know, um, you know, I was dealing with that, or you know, you 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 had to argue with a friend or whatever, and then the suppression is a big part of going live. It's like three, two, one. I have a responsibility right now because the. A lot of people that are tuning in have stresses of their own. Have right? They tune into this as like a a, a beacon of joy in their life. I'm going to deliver on that promise. That is important. Suppression is a big part of it, and, I, and it causes these weird physiological reactions in in your body. And I want to come all the way back to this unconscious, conscious competency, uncompetency. You know, when I first started to have this like big stage fright thing, I, I mean, I'd call it stage fright, but it would happen most of the time off stage when I when I wasn't live. So so that was the unconscious incompetency and that leads to conscious incompetency, which is where you go, wow, in this situation, this seems to happen. Every time I want to tell some prepared story to to friends and very infrequently in broadcasts like I feel like I can't breathe. Oh my god, what's happening? Oh my gosh. And then there's the conscious competency, which is this comes all the way back to the question you asked a while ago, which is like, what do you do about that? Which is where, you know, I have these techniques where I plant my feet on the ground and I try to wiggle each toe, the big toe, then to the toe to the right, and then the middle, t- and then like the pinky, try to wiggle those individual the ring toe, <laughs> the ring toe. Yes. For marriage. <laughs> I try to really relax my hips, try to make sure I can feel that. Now it's not about relaxing anything. It's about things I've discovered when, I'll be on a phone chat with a good friend and I'll just stop in the middle of it and go, what's my body doing? Oh, what do you know? My hips are really relaxed. My shoulders are down. Am I talking in a low-pitched voice? Am I talking in a high-pitched voice? Mindfulness. 
Yeah, mindfulness. Yeah, yeah. So, so I started to identify all these things that would really help. And, you know, there were times in the last two years when I would be doing broadcasts where I would start to suddenly get this, you know, Sean, you're about to go live. Stage fright would start to kick in. And I would just be like, relax my hips. <sighs> you know, like there's this breath where you actually, you go, <sighs> and you really like, you know, rasp your breath as you do it. That would just start to calm me down. And I would know, like, this is a weird one, but for whatever reason, I feel way more comfortable talking at a higher octave where I can feel the roof of my mouth than if I'm talking at a lower octave where I would feel the bottom of my mouth. For whatever reason, something weird physiologically happens or if I use the top of my, you know, and I've always been someone who use, you know, speaks a little bit higher when I'm really excited and stuff. I would feel that in my mouth and my body would start to calm down. And it's like these weird things that is just, it, it's like doing Jedi mind tricks with your own body. Yeah. Where you're trying to study yourself. Like, you know how, you, <laughs> do you know how I tap a lot and I fiddle with pens a lot? Yeah, you're fidgety, yeah. I, I mean, I have like way too much energy for a human being to function properly. I have like way too much and I find that there's certain energy that I, if, if I feel it, I need to start fidgeting. If I'm watching TV and I'm feeling this, I need to have a pen. I need to fidget with it, and that will help bring me down. And if I'm feeling oh, that's weird interesting. Broadcast, so that, I've, I've never actually asked why you did that, but yeah, okay. Well, I mean, it, the answer is some of it is because because <laughs> sometimes I want to point out sometimes I make you stop doing it because I can't concentrate when I'm talking. About, hey, 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 cut that shit out! I'm trying to make a point because yeah, you're yeah. fidgeting and so. And then you, you're always nice. You stop, but it's like. Because for no, me, if you do it, I'm like nice about it too. Yeah. Because because for me, when you're doing, it, I'm like I can't concentrate if you're if you're you know flipping flipping a pen around. So I've but I didn't know that was why you do that why you did that. That's interesting. Well, well I mean, because I noticed I did it just out of habit, and then like if if I go to an event, I bring a pen in my pocket and I fiddle with the pen. I'm about to go live. I fiddle with it, and for whatever reason, that's something that like sort of gets me into a mode of just calming down. Because again. I, I mean, I am a huge believer that as an entertainer and as a performer, it is my responsibility to deliver a good show. Yeah. Is, I, I am responsible for the people who are tuned in to make sure that they have a positive experience, that they feel listened to, that they feel spoken to. And if I am stressed out about something, if I'm having some weird stuff going on, like a 30-second bout of stage fright, it is my responsibility to figure out what it is that can help me address my stuff as instantaneously as possible to make sure that I can deliver what I am responsible to deliver to my viewing audience, you know? So what I try to do, because I feel like in a lot of ways I've kind of beaten this thing, but um, I just don't, when I'm on camera, I don't give a fuck. And I don't mean that. In, that in, helps a lot. Yeah. yeah and I, I, when I say that, it, I, I don't want that to be misrepresented or I, I don't want people to misunderstand my point. I am going to do my best. And if it doesn't work out, I've bombed enough times in front of a live audience. And I, don't, I think generally I do a fine yeah. job, but I know that even if I bomb, it's going to be okay. And I'm I'm here because I've worked hard and I'm supposed to be here. And I can always improve. And every time I do a finals or a new game or a new show, I don't view it as you're seeing me in my final form. You're just seeing me continuously practice doing oh my, my job. Almost like a, a Twitch truth. stream or it's something. such a truth. Yeah. yeah. I think that's maybe the biggest sort of 
unspoken, unconscious, subconscious, whatever the right word is. Yeah. Um, a view of what hosts do, which is as they're talking, there is an assumption that this was a committee of people writing the sentences down, identifying the right ones, and then going, these are the best sentences. And then those were the, the sentences spoken on the air. When in reality, it's a lot more like there's an audio issue. They're trying to fix something. Sean, here's the three beats we want to hit. Let's try that. Okay. Stop. Stop. There's an issue. Okay. Go. Listen, do you guys feel good? Because we have to go live in eight minutes. And then yeah. you're just live. Like most of the people that are on air at any event, and I'm sure there's exceptions to this, but as someone who's done this for 10 years, most of what you see on air that's being spoken, it's the first time it has ever been spoken. Not because people didn't care but because that's the reality so much of a rehearsal so much of a setup is making sure shit is plugged in properly and testing and getting it all sorted out and then there's other issues that have nothing to do with the first 30 seconds of the show that need to get worked out and making sure all the transitions are good throughout the show that you know a, a lot of what you see is the first time it has been spoken yeah yeah that that's an interesting point i hadn't thought of it that way i, I just find if i'm if I've got the right rest, I've eaten the right food, yeah, um, or maybe oh, yeah. or, or maybe not eating. In some cases, I found it. You know, if I don't like one thing, I can't do is eat a lot of pasta or bread and go on camera. I, I just oh find I'm totally, God. yeah, no, totally out of it. No but, carbs before a broadcast ever. But if I can get into that right mode, usually it's going to be fine. And as long as I can treat this, I'm doing my best because when I'm doing my best broadcast, I feel. Like I'm in a game. Like, you know when you're playing StarCraft and you're really hitting all the marks and your thinking is very fluid. I guess they call it flow state. But you're hitting, you're hitting all the buttons. You feel good. You know why you're doing it. I feel like if I can have a good cast and I'm hitting each of those marks and I'm navigating it correctly, even if I get something wrong or I say the maybe I make a joke that's not good or... I, you know, one God, of the does that happen a lot? One of the <laughs> one of the things that I, I, I had mean to, for you for like all I think for me, I'm like, yeah, 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 I know. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, well, you know, but you you try to be funny and it doesn't land, and you think, fuck, you know, like nobody laughed, <laughs> you know, fuck. I guess that's oh out gosh. there forever. Um, and but once you're kind of okay with that state, and I'm not really in a phase anymore where I'm a, I'm afraid of people on the internet. I think that's something a lot of people go through. I've seen every kind of weird thing that's said about me. and, and Well, I, yeah. y- you know why that is, Nick. It's because you and I each have a monster in us. And here, you know, I don't know what you mean with the that. caster monster. Okay? Yeah. So what it is is that when you're live. Yeah. Okay. I want anyone who's listening to think about when they're viewing a show and a moment happens and chat explodes. You go to the subreddit for the game, see if anyone clipped it. What does the community say? You know, there's all these other stimulus. When you're live, it's just you. You're alone. There is no feedback almost ever. Unless you've got the wrong producer in your ear and they won't shut up, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but well, you hey, know, it's me backstage. It's Steve. It's Steve and I, sh- I want to let you know Steve that the next segment that is coming up is... Everything it's I just said could have been avoided. It's Ben. Can you go to commercial in five seconds? That would be. Uh, I would appreciate great. if you could go. go to commercial. Just, just, just get out of my show. Get out of my ear. All right. Sorry. No. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're alone up there, and I mean, you you got a, a co-commentator. You know, I was just doing magic. I, right. 
Maria and Cedric. You got our you got Dan. Like got the Tosis. Yeah, but fundamentally, you are alone, and the only voice that will tell you if you're doing good or bad is your inner monster. You say a you say a joke and it's bad, and your inner monster goes not funny. And I've seen you do this so many times. You say something that's not funny, and then you make a joke about it being not funny and save it. And you turn it into a really funny, compelling moment. It's because you've got a monster in you that's just doing nothing but giving you the harshest critique <laughs> possible. And sometimes you say something that makes your little inner monster laugh, and that's when you know it's good. And it's, you're almost feeding off something that's inside of you. You've got this internal audience Yeah, you know when you're doing about good you. hosting or a good broadcast when you can feel it you're thinking this yeah. is going well and I, I i get asked this a lot so i just want to get this out of the way uh, we never have twitch chat open I, I i could not do like a gsl I, with with reading twitch chat or reddit or twitter until the broadcast is done. no yeah I don't, I don't fuck with any of that i've I've seen people much less professional like go on there and like oh, read such a mistake and it, yeah and they make themselves insane but um yeah i know i i can feel it when i'm doing a good job i can also feel it when i'm doing a bad job and, and i'm horrible. actually it's horrible, but I, I even learned in that moment, I go, okay, this is not going well. Let's see if we can try to adjust or try to find my footing. And if not, and I think part of this is because I just I do so many casts in Korea that even if it's not going well, I say, okay, I've seen my favorite shows not have good episodes. I've seen my favorite actors and movies I don't like. This is maybe my moment where this is not just going well yeah. for whatever reason. Um and I'm going to have to figure this out as much as I can on air and then also off air for the next time I come in. How can I adjust this? How can I fix this? Um, so w this is kind of in the, this, the same um, same space, but did you ever have any difficulty reading about yourself or um, positive or, or negative, by the way? Because one thing about this line of work is nobody sent us to school for this nobody yeah nobody said all right well here's what you don't do like with a lot of other younger casters i i have to explain to them do's and don'ts like you know one thing even with people who have been professionals for a long time is you don't need to respond to everything about you on the internet sure like you don't know who the fuck that is like you might not even respect that person no you if you, you had met them in person you, you don't need you don't, to have a trustworthy inner monster that's yeah. what you, you need to you need to help cultivate a monster that you trust which is your your own inner self-opinion that is the most important thing ever so did you have any difficulty um in like was it too painful to read negative things about you or did you experience uh what i, what I think a lot of people also experience on the opposite end that's not talked about is that maybe you became obsessed with reading positive feedback uh, about yourself did you have any of those experiences you know, I had a and do you still have them? I had a lot of a really weird one. I still have a lot of one that's just not talked about, which is someone would go, I, you did such a good job on thing X, Y, Z. And I would go, no, I fucking didn't. Oh, interesting. I did a horrible job on that. What are you talking about? You know, it's coming back to Mr. Hagedorn, right? Like, right. you did so great. I was like, I did a scene. So you got, you got praise, but you're like, that was unwarranted. Yeah, and I mean, like, like you know, I, I, I never, I'm, like, there's a big difference between the person who's speaking and then the actual nugget of information that is shared. I don't want to stress that I'm just talking about the information itself, where I would just go, I don't know about that. Because, you know, when, when I feel like so much of my brain has been shaped by StarCraft, where there's, 
anxiety. Same, you same. feel a specific type of anxiety. And over the course of that exact anxiety coming across, you know, peppered over different numbers of games, you have a hundred games where you had that anxiety, you start to learn that's not truth. That's just data. I get anxiety in this specific situation, and I'm seeing that it does not actually mean what the emotion's telling me. Things are going to be bad. It's going to turn out really horribly. That's not truth. That's just a bit of data that my body seems to tell me in that situation. And, you know, with a lot of feedback, when I was very, very young doing this, you know, like 10 years ago, it felt neutral when I would see positive feedback because I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have no baseline. I had a monster. I had a little inner monster who was going, you did all right in that show. And people, you did a really good job during the show. And I would go, okay, that's good to hear because that confirms what I knew. So that's data that supports my hypothesis, which was presented by my inner monster. Cool. And then you see someone be like, that sucked. And I would go, well, let's read that. Does that contrast? Okay, cool. It, it was a very sort of scientific kind of thing for me consistently. But I, I mean, there is two weird things I have to deal with. One is the one that I just talked about. I have tons of people tell me I did a good job. And I, I just think, no, no, I did yeah. not. And I mean, I mean, very bluntly, there is very few things the internet has said to me that my inner monster hasn't. I have extremely harsh inner voice that is savage in terms of critique and sometimes uselessly savage where it just puts me in a bad mood and I'm like I'm bad being an internet man um, <laughs> being an internet man is that what you said yeah yeah oh, oh god I played Magic the Gathering for seven hours it was bad you know it, it, it sometimes is not helpful but I trust it more than I trust anyone else the second thing that I think I had to spend a lot of time thinking about is what does it mean to even get negative feedback? Because I, I want to talk about this. Like, like the, the viewing audience for Day 9 TV is a few million. Like, over the course of a year, a few million people will tune into Day 9 TV. Right. Okay. So let's take, let's take you know, 5 million. Let's take 1% of 5 million. It's 50,000 people. Let's take 1% of that. It's 500 people, right? This is one one-hundredth of a percent. Yeah. So we have 500 people. Let's say one one-hundredth of a percent of my viewing audience thinks something I did sucks so much that they want to tweet to me about it. Yeah. 500 people want to tweet to me about it, right? This is more than, this is more than twice what was in my graduating class in high school. It's 500 people. Just one one-hundredth of a percent of people being upset at me enough to tweet about it is one tweet every 18 hours for a year. One tweet every 18 hours for a year. If each of them tweeted once, because right. 365 days in a year, 500 people, right. you know. So if you get 50 people who are pissed off enough to spend, you know, some weeks sending you nasty messages, that's one one thousandth of a percent that can be in your psyche for a year as a constant regular voice. And it's like, oh my God, I, I, I gotta be really careful with the data that I'm working with because there's an extremely small amount of people that can be really upset, legitimately so. I'm not trying to invalidate their anger. I'm just trying to say it can, it can create a viewpoint that is disproportionately negative for what is going on. And so something that I, I try to work really hard to do is I try to ask the question, 
where does that silent majority live? How do I interact with a silent majority? And I mean, you know this, at every event I've ever done, I will stay as long as it takes to meet all the people in the line to meet me. Yeah, you're much better about that than I am. If it, if it goes till four in the morning, I'll do it. And that's, and that's great because... On one hand, it's nice to make the person who's right there happy, but on the other hand, I just I'm constantly going like, "Oh, look at this. Look at these look at this technically small amount of people, right? It might be 200 people." Right. But this is 200 people who opted to also stay out with me when the event ended at 11 to stay till 4 in the morning just to say hi. Okay, that helps me with my sanity. And so I I to come all the way back to your original question, I'd say 90% of it is just the inner monster overrides all external public feedback. Yeah. And the second is I try to be thoughtful about it. No, I, 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 that, that's a really, I like your explanation. It's a situation where, because I've seen this affect so many people. I know it's been brought up in the podcast before for people who are listening to every episode, but to see people's relationship with criticism or feedback and how do they handle it. And it seems like some people's egos need to be fed. They want to see reactions on the internet. Some people feel the need to correct on the internet stuff. I, I don't even oh have a, a, yeah. a Reddit account. There's a tasteless podcast Reddit account for the people that work on the show, but um, there's no like Reddit account where I'm on the internet. You know, I know a lot of people who have fake accounts that where they're, you know, defending themselves where I think, Oh my God, this is like, you know, this is unnecessary. I, I understand yeah. the, the inclination to do it, but I think, fuck man, I didn't go on to Reddit for about two years. Starcraft Reddit. Um, I just, I was like, I just don't want to be here. You know what I mean? And also I'm doing a live show where I get to meet people in the audience who come down to, to watch, you know? So I am meeting my viewers, but you know, it was a better period for my brain. Now, now I can get on the internet. I'm fine. Um, or Starcraft Reddit, but there was a whole period where I had to kind of get over, um, especially early on kind of handling uh, what people said about me. And most of this, I think I got over in Starcraft one. <laughs> to be honest, it was it was yeah because I was the only guy out there doing that stuff, um, but that's really cool to see how you kind of handle that and and your relationship with the internet. And I mean, I I, I don't know if this is true for all broadcasters, but there are days where it, it just stresses me out. Yeah, you know, there's this. I feel like externally, I feel like there's two categories of people. There there's the people that very obviously are participating and getting stressed out. And the people that seem to just be okay and they don't really interact with it. And I feel like externally I, I seem to be in that second category. Like I've, 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 I feel like essentially never gotten in some weird knife fight on the internet. Um, but, you know, it, I, I still do. Sometimes I'm having a rough day. And what would a rough day be? Well, the inner monster is saying something like, you know, you you really are washed up at this. You know, you. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, like you aren't funny anymore. You, you know, like you're boring on air. And then like, I'll just see something that's like, hey, Dan, I love your content. I wonder why is it that you just you don't make jokes anymore? There's a lot of like well-meaning comments like that, that. Well, those are almost always the weirdest, funniest ones. You know what I mean? If you're There's, in a good mood. If you're in a good funny, mood. Yeah. I mean, I've got a lot of weird comments where I'm almost ready to just retweet it because it's so fucking stupid and weird that I just I can't even believe. <laughs> I think I've got a different relationship, though, with, with, with this than, than you do because I, I love the people that love my stuff and I'm putting it out there so they can enjoy it. But if they don't like it 
and I'm trying my best and they're not happy with it, they can fuck off. I know this sounds like a crazy thing, but do you remember that time we were at MLG, uh, one of the million of MLGs we were at? And let's say a quick story uh, here. I had not seen my brother one-on-one. I think this is my favorite story of all time. Okay, I, so I, I, I not, hope it is. I hope right, it's the one. Let's, let's see if this is the one. So, um, you know, you were traveling everywhere. You were blowing up as day nine. Um, I got the GSL started in Korea. And then there was this weird hurricane uh, of things that were occurring that I guess nobody thought we would get this far, right? There was events in Singapore and, and France and New York and L.A. and every fucking city in the world. I mean, yeah. not every city, but a lot of the cities in the world, the, the, the big ones. All of them. All of them. Milwaukee. <laughs> um, and uh, it was weird because I was suddenly getting to see you at, instead of us going and visiting our grandparents or something in Kansas. Yeah. Um, or, you know, me popping through California and saying hi to you there. Um, I was seeing you in cities we both were not from and we were there for work. Yeah. And so we'd be doing these insane grinds that were, I mean, it was Stone Age period for esports production. But, um, you know, we would get to hang out very briefly. Uh, occasionally we get to cast together. Uh, that's actually something else worth exploring down the road is the pressures of everybody wanting sure. us to cast together um, and how weird that was for us. But there was this time where I was just seeing you at events we were working at. Um, and so we were under a lot of strain. And it was the after parties where I'd get to actually talk to you. Yeah, because like if we're both working at an event, it would be like, you know, me and DJ Wheat would cast two or three sets. Right. And then you and Artosis would cast two or three sets. And then it would be me and Wheat would cast a few. You know, it, it, it was an alternation, which on one hand made perfect sense for the production. On a personal level, when am I talking to you outside of the after party at the event? Right. And so this was in a period of a lot of... Um, emotional tumult for us because our grandparents were close to passing uh they're both they're both um they both passed now but they lived both to almost be about 100 and so we were watching them deteriorate 98 98 i think i think so 98 or i think one was 99 i'm not sure but you guys get the idea Grandma may have been made it to 99 i think she might have made it to 99 i'm not totally sure but um so we're in, and I can't even remember the city now. I think it was Columbus, but I'm not sure. Um, and this is all a blur in my mind because there was so much travel. Um, the and, only person that cares is the man that you're about to name in the story. <laughs> he remembers the city. Oh, I'm, so uh, we're outside. We're talking. It's 2 a.m. And we're trying to figure out, okay, if we got to come back, if I have to come back for a funeral or you know, what, what are we going to do about Whatever you know, how's how's mom doing? And, and yeah, yeah. There were, there, there, typically were after parties at the events that would be labeled like this is the biggest joke since 2010. Guys, it's a private party that will be in a private club, casters and crew only. That would last about eight minutes, and then it would be the zombie apocalypse, and every person that showed up yeah. would just bombard in. So Nick and I, we were up the street, maybe a block away, just sitting right. on the sidewalk talking. And I was having a cigarette outside. And we were basically just trying to strategize. Okay, so we're doing all this traveling. Um, I'm trying to check in with you. How, how are Grandma and Grandpa doing? You know, and you know, it, it was some heavy stuff, basically. And um, we were, you know, up the block in a way for a reason because we're trying to have some private time. Um, and this guy comes up, clearly drunk, clearly drunk. Says, "Oh my God, it's taste. I'm a big fan of you guys." And of course, we were we were nice to him. We said, "Oh, hey, man." 
you know, nice to meet you. If I can interrupt. No, he, yeah. he came out and he went, holy shit, Dana and Taser, holy shit. He's slurring his words and yeah. he won't stop saying Holy shit, day nine and tasteless. Yeah, he was kind of having a freak out moment. This is sort of the weird thing if you become a public figure where people um, admire you, and it's sort of a weird thing nobody teaches you how to how to handle. And I always try to do my best to be nice to those people. Like if you ever see me and recognize me, uh, and I'm out and about, you can come up and say hi. You know, it's it's not weird. Um, I might have to go in a little bit, but you you can always come up and say hi. I, I actually yeah. I actually do appreciate it. It's I great. think that's really surprising what I say. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Cool. And and you know that's all you got to do. It's, it's actually almost weirder if you tweet at somebody like, "I saw you in the grocery store. Like you were buying eggs." Yeah. <laughs> um. So, anyways, this guy was having this moment, and you know, we were we talked to him. I think we might have taken a photo with him. I can't remember. And then he just wouldn't. No, no, no. He there was no photo. Because there was I no photo sitting okay. there because like, I you know I I'm very again I was at that point I was like okay well you know, this will you know run its yeah. course and that's fine. I remember you going. Hey man, it's it's great to see you. Really appreciate. It. Hey, you know I haven't seen my brother in you know about a year and a half. I I, I we, we, well I had seen you. We had not had a sit down talk about something important. Right? Sure, sure, right. Yeah, you were like no, I I haven't really had a good time to talk with my brother in like a year and a half. So go enjoy the party, man. I, I'm just gonna talk to my brother. Yeah, I said I'm, I said I'm we got to catch up about some important stuff. So if you don't mind, if you can give us some space. Because we're having kind of an important conversation about our family. Yeah. And this guy would not leave. No, come on. Go to the party, guys. Yeah, come we're going to party. Dana, I didn't taste this. Come party with me. And, and I've had enough experiences like that where I was polite. No, you, no, and, you and, were and this polite moment, three or four times. I think this no, is a course man. of 10 minutes or something. I appreciate it. I re- no, no, 10 minutes is a really important time. Like, take out a time and set it for 10 minutes. 10 minutes is a long fucking time to have one person trying to get you to go party drunkenly while you are, you know, while Nick was repeating this mantra. No, I really appreciate like, really, it. really, I really need to talk to my I brother really about talk, something. I haven't talked to him. Yeah. And basically, he was becoming rude. He was becoming um, inconsiderate. Yes. I told him to fuck off. I just said, you need to get the fuck out of here, man. Do, do you remember your exact words? Well, no, I, I think... I, I said, remember I said, them I said, so I said, you need clearly. to get the fuck out of here. You need to fuck off. Like, this is really rude. I'm talking to my brother. And I think he insisted one more time. Or he said something like, man, I thought you were cool. Or I thought you, I thought you partied right. or something. And I said, I fucking hope you never watch my shit again. No, that's what she said. You said, <laughs> fuck off, man. Don't watch my I shit. Said, Don't watch my shit. I said, I hope I lose you as a fan. You're fucking rude. This is you're fucking <laughs> I, out of line. I fucking don't want people like you watching my shit. Get the fuck, get the fuck away from me and, and my brother. And he started to talk, and you go get the fuck out of here. Don't watch my shit. I hope yeah. I don't want you ever tuning into a GSL ever again. And I remember for me, I felt like this flush of testosterone in my body where I was like, "Are you allowed to tell someone not to support your content?" Yeah, Are yeah, you, you allowed can. to do that. Yeah, like I don't. Is that okay? I make my stuff for the people. Um, for my people, for my nerds, you know what I mean? But I make my stuff for as many people as possible. But if someone's going to be inconsiderate with my time or with me as a person, like they can go fuck themselves. 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Nick did nothing but say, no, dude, I really appreciate you coming and saying hi to me. I just want to talk to my brother whom I haven't gotten the chance to talk to. Please. Yeah. And this guy didn't have the courtesy to just give us that space. And I mean, I want to put up, man. Don't watch my shit. <laughs> I was like, Nikki, woo, Nikki. But, but you know, I, I think on some level, if you're going to do this this line of work, I try to put my best stuff out there. 
But if it's not enough for you or you want to take too much from me, you can go fuck yourself, right? I mean, in on some level, before I ever went to Korea, when I was in school, everybody thought that the StarCraft stuff we did was fucking stupid and a waste of time. Those people can also go fuck themselves. Oh, no. I, they I, were wrong, I mean, and we I, were right. I got, I got waited for after school and beat up because I played StarCraft. Yeah. Was, I mean, that was it. I remember I had this kid who would punch me in the back of the head. He sat behind me in French class and Ugh. make fun of me for playing Star. And it was like, the, the trash talk was so bad, too. It was like, hey, guys, Nick got to a new level in StarCraft. I'm like, oh, they don't have levels. It's not a fucking Tetris game, but... You know, <laughs> this is like, not a role. You're not game you're now. not even getting the, the, the concept right. But I think it's healthy to have some degree of, OK, I'm going to do my own thing. Like I couldn't have gotten to Korea. I wouldn't have had the courage to go on camera if I didn't think I'm doing this for me and I'm making something I think is cool and I, w- I hope people enjoy it. But I'm not here to fucking please everybody. You know, and, and I. I feel like when someone you know, a figure, let's just take someone at random here, Nick Tasel's plot. When someone says that, that there is a, there's a concern that, oh, what, do you not care about everybody? Well, you don't care about me? Do you not care about my opinion? And and I want to stress something that's really uh, important. If I can jump in here too, I this is not most people. This Thank is you. like less Thank than you. one. It's everybody, less than a fraction of yeah, 1% of people. It's just the person who's inconsiderate about me or my time. And a lot of times these people are not, ill-intended like maybe this guy did not maybe this guy's an asshole maybe this guy just can't pick up on social cues because i've experienced that yeah. as well where i'm thinking this person doesn't know that they're being and, and rude you know or and, yeah and when someone like uh, there are like let me tell you something there, there's there's something i refer to as like like the precious two minutes if you see me somewhere away from an event or if you see me at an event come up and say hi and you might only get two minutes. Those are precious two minutes, and I need to right. make sure I deliver a good two minutes to you. Because, you know, same rant I was going on earlier. It is my responsibility to give you a good two minutes. Because if I have been there for 90 minutes seeing a whole slew of people, and you're the next person in line, all I get with you is two minutes. I need to make that a good two minutes. And I love those two minutes. I right. love those. And, I, I, and I'm I, I always grateful. Same for me. I'm always grateful Deeply to meet grateful. people that watch my show. And I've had so many moments um, in the studio or on the street where I think that person would have been my friend at the lunch table in elementary school. Yeah. In a different life, we would have been cool. Now, I can't be friends with them. Now, I don't I don't have time. I don't, you know, I'm in a different trajectory. It's almost like this trajectory in nostalgic, life. you know. Yeah, yeah. But I think, oh, that's a cool person. And that's those are the people that I'm making you know, my cast, my content for. But it is an odd thing when you have someone who is just no, and I was gonna inconsiderate say, or, or just steps across the line. Missing on social cues, being rude, being mean, that's actually okay. Like, I, I want you to know, like, there's this really weird phenomena. You and I have talked about this before where, um, I, I, I don't know if any of you listening have, have had the experience of you're around a crush when you're really, really young and you're suddenly mean to one of your friends and you're like, I don't know, it was some, some weird psychological bullshit came off where I need to be an alpha male. You freaked and, you know, out and you said something because you're trying to draw attention away from yourself. Yeah, you're or trying you're, to be cool, yeah. you know, powerful. You know, this happens so much when I meet people who will come up to me and they will say something that's actually downright shitty. <laughs> It's really interesting and, what people say to you, like, oh, 
Like I've had like, oh, you've gained weight, and I think yes, I think yes. Why would you ever say that to somebody that you don't know? You know, like it's such an odd thing. And the thing is that I, I I'm so empathetic to it. You know, I, I have a lot of people because I've, I've made this. Have you heard of Power Hot? If I told you about this, no, I don't know what this is. That's amazing. Like it's my brother. You don't know this because I've talked about this on air. Um, and I just somehow it hasn't come up in our conversation. Oh no, yeah, like, I don't know. You know, because I've lost fifty pounds. Yeah, and I, I I call this quest the quest for power hot, where you're so hot that you become <laughs> you gain social power. You come into a room and you can say stupid things like eight clowns die in a fire every month, and people go, "Wow, I didn't know that about clowns." Like they suddenly care oh, there's about like some level of intimidation and respect that's like auto generated just because. Yeah, you're you so appear hot. a certain way. Yeah, you know. Oh, okay. You know, Norway is actually like a really weird country full of short people. And I was like, I didn't know that. Wow. What? You're so He's hot. right. No, he's, he's right. He's right. I went there and everyone was short. It's the tallest country in the world. Like, that. I, I, I make this joke about power hot and I, I've had people come up to me and be like, Dana, it was great to meet you. Man, you still have a long ways to go to become power hot. And I, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to make a joke to connect with me because they... Because they care, because the content is meaningful for them, and they—I mean—they've been waiting in line for an hour. Of course, they care yeah. about the content, but it's just not quite coming out right. And I want everyone to know that's great. I'm happy to see you. And if it comes out weird for a normal bear, they might be like, "Oh, what the fuck? Who's this asshole?" And I'm like, "No, I get what you're trying to. Do. You're trying to come up with a joke. You've seen my cast. You see, I kind of enjoy it's an, an awkward edge. way to. Yeah, they're they're trying to connect with you." It's an icebreaker that's yeah. built upon them watching. I mean, I have 30 hours of content a week and yeah. they can see that I have, you know, kind of a, you know, an edgy sense of humor sometimes, but I'm very goofy and I like to laugh so they say it and then they laugh and I'm like, "You're just trying to be nice and connect." And I appreciate that so much cuz I sit alone at home with two cats yelling at a webcam and you waited an hour <laughs> yeah. just to try to make a joke that connected with me. Let's ignore the fact that it may have come off offensively. Let's ignore that. You did that for me. I I adore you. <laughs> you're, you Yeah. You're breathtaking, right? Like Keanu Reeves style. Like, you're breathtaking. I love you, man. Like you're so great. I I've always uh, noticed this thing you do meet and greets where people shake. Oh yeah, of course. and um, I mean I understand that because we you know we talked earlier in the podcast about you know stress or uh, overwhelming stuff. I, or I had a panic attack and I shaked and yeah yeah, yeah. spilled soju onto the uh, Korean barbecue you, uh, you cookie. You sped thing. run the humiliation. You know? That's exactly. Um, but <laughs> I, it's never bothered me. I, I don't look down on it at all. If if people shake or are nervous or they say weird stuff, because I appreciate that. I appreciate. That they're coming down to see me, and I know it can be weird to see somebody on camera that you haven't. Maybe you're seeing them in real yeah. life, and it's already weird. And maybe you came down to Korea for GSL, and okay, there we are. We're walking around, and so I always appreciate those people. The it it's in very rare moments where I am kind of like, okay, this is not okay. And most of what I was so rare, super rare. And most of what I was talking about earlier as well was sort of I really appreciate people that enjoy what I'm making. But if you have a problem with me or think that you're owed more than, you know, what we just talked about, it's not my problem, you know? Hey, guys, we're pausing for a quick little break here. Uh, I wanted to once again uh, promote and talk about our Patreon uh, page. So uh, 
if, if you pay five bucks, it's it's the usual. You get early access. For ten bucks now, you get behind the scenes photos and extra B roll footage. And um, I think you guys will really enjoy it. Do they get anything else? That's it for for ten, right? And then uh, for fifteen, you get your name in the credits. For twenty five now, you guys can have access to my Spotify. Uh, soundtracks. I'm always changing that around, but for whatever I'm laddering to in StarCraft. And then uh, 100, you get your name mentioned. By the way, John Kernicki and Charlie Sheever are amazing human beings who support us at $100 each. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Um, and Charlie Sheever, I hope I get to see you again. It's been a long time, buddy. I hope you're doing well. Um, and then for $1,000, which nobody's done yet, I can't figure it out. I'm sure you guys are wondering too. If you guys weren't sitting there with your pockets inside out, uh, saying I don't got any money. You can get the tasteless phone call. You can have my buttery voice in your ear talking to you about whatever you want, man. What are you going to do with that tasteless phone call? Well, that's up to you. Think about it. Think about what you want to talk to tasteless about on the phone uh, in that $1,000 tasteless phone call. And uh, we've set the bar even higher here. For $2,500, we're selling tasteless bathwater now. You guys think I'm joking? I'm fucking not. I don't give a Fuck. Um, so if you want my bath water, I, look, I, women have done it. Men can do it too. All right. We're breaking the, uh, the gender barrier here today on the Tasteless podcast. Come check it out. Uh, so I think with these new Patreon, uh, one of the tiers, I guess you'd call them, uh, we're doing even better than before. So for whatever you got at the time in your wallet, please support us at the Tasteless podcast. I'm really loving doing this. I intend to continue on um, with this podcast, uh, indefinitely. So we're not stopping here. Uh, and now to go back to a very serious note, let's continue on, uh, with part two of the day nine conversation back at it. Yeah. And I mean, like it's one of those weird things where it's like the significance of two people who were weird that year fill up so much of your brain space. And I, I mean, I work really hard to like, I actually do this thing where I go into my bathroom, I shut the door, turn off the light, sit on the toilet, and I just reflect away from all things. Sometimes it's like before a cast, 15 minutes of time just to be yeah. like, who do I want to be? Who is my audience? Who are these people? And I try to really reflect on what the numbers are and what's going on because I don't want one or two bad apples to distract me. Yeah, need, yeah, yeah. I need 15, 20 minutes of meditation time alone in the bathrooms with the cats being upset and like reaching out of the door and stuff. I need that alone time to like really think about it because I don't know about you, but I, I, I've had some very bad experiences. Did I, did I ever tell you about the guy that showed up and beat the shit out of me? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, no, uh, this, is, this is a good story. So one of the greatest things that has ever existed in humanity was a place called Arcade Infinity. Yeah. In um, east of L.A. That's the simplest way to put it for someone who, who right. doesn't um, live in Los Angeles and know about the weird cities there. Arcade Infinity was closing down. And for any of you who are still curious, go to Super Arcade. <laughs> That's where you go. Look yeah. look up Wednesday Night Fights. Um, so I was like, guys, I'm going to the closing night of Arcade Infinity. And this is quite early in my casting career, maybe 2011, 2012. Guys, go to Arcade Infinity. I'm going to be there. And I want to support one of the most influential parts of my life when I was in grad school. And I go there. 
And it had like multiple Street Fighter 4 cabinets. This is right when Street Fighter 4 came out. Had um, Guilty Gear and then Blaze Blue, which was the only fighting game I ever played a little bit. And, dude, this is so weird. As I'm talking about this, like my heart rate's going up so much. I went with my, with my friend Dan. Crazy story, man. It's a crazy story. So, I mean, I, I went there. I wasn't going to bring this up at all, but I mean, it's cool you're going to, yeah. No, and Nick, it's so important to me that, by the way, Please subscribe to Nick Plot's Patreon, the Tasteless Podcast. I want to make sure that Nick Plot gets supported through my right. Right now, I'm paying Melty and Bubblegum, so <laughs> that'll help. <laughs> so you know, I I went there and I mean, beat Mania 2DX, the game that I played that was there. Yes, but but the other game that I played a lot was um um. I'm having a stroke. What, uh, what's the game that you dropped the? Super Puzzle Fighter HD Remix. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa, whoa, Great whoa, game. whoa. That was that was weird because that like that is that's like one of like the four games I've played a shitload. So you know it's Starcraft, Beat Mania 2DX, Poker, Super Puzzle Fighter HD Remix. So you know I I went there with my friend Dan who was a fighting game and uh, Super Puzzle Fighter player and you know he and I would play together and I would play Beat Mania. He played Street Fighter and we'd like drive back home to downtown LA where I lived at the time. And I went there, and, you know, so we had our moment where we split up. He put his coin on the Street Fighter machine, and I put my coin on the Beat Mania machine. There weren't huge numbers of players that played Beat Mania. And then uh, I feel a firm bump. Like, not like someone pushed my shoulder, but someone, like, knocked into me, like, you know, with arm. And I, and I turn, and there's some, like, I'm very tall. I'm, like, six foot four inches, which is, Yeah, like no, our whole family's really tall. 190-something, 193 centimeters. I don't know what the exact number is. Um, I'm, like, a very large person. This person was maybe, like, six one or so and was built, like, in control. Which, in Muscly, other words... Muscly, power lifter yes, figure. Yeah. Just a huge, just a, a huge person. And he was wearing a hoodie, had his... Didn't have it up, but had. I remember he had his hands in his pocket in the front. You know where hoodies have, like right here in between the zippers. He bumped in me. He goes, you're day nine, right? And I go, yeah, man, it's great to meet you. And I put my hand out. I said, it's nice to meet you. And didn't take his hand out of his pockets. And he goes, so what you doing at the arcade, man? And it's, you know, like, like we were talking about earlier. People sometimes get nervous. You know, sometimes people behave in ways that are a little weird because this yeah. is their precious two minutes. Oh, great to see you, man. Oh, uh, great you came out. Dude, I think this place is great. Do you come here? And he's like, no. Did You You tweeted this out, right, that you were going no. down there? You did not. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I did tweet that okay. I was going out, but this is the first time I've ever publicly spoken about this story. Ever. Okay. Um, I, I tweeted about it because, like, I, I tweet a lot about. Yeah. Even to today, I tweet about a lot about the things that I think were important to me in terms of media or experience, how great it was. I mean, I even tweeted about AT&T being a good customer service experience when I left my fucking phone in the cab in Hong Kong, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it was good, right? Like, people bitch about... All Twitter is is people bitching and dunking on each other. Can we yeah. please be a little cheerful about something, yeah. right? And so even back then, I was like, man, Arcade Infinity was just such an amazing experience. I really want people to go there, and I really want people to say hi. Make so you're no basically mis- promoting Arcade Infinity and saying Honestly, if you're a fan, night, yeah. if you're a fan, come by, say hi, yeah. right? And, and if there's one thing you're taking away from me and Nick talking, if you ever see us, please come up and say hi. It will make us happy, and hopefully we can make you happy. Yeah, it's, it's, fine. it's fine to say hi. 
This yeah, is this is not fine. an anti high. And you can you can thing. literally fuck up and be the most socially embarrassing person for that two minutes. We don't care. And we more than we don't care. It'll make us happy. We will be happy to see you, and we understand exactly what has gone on because we've met right tens of thousands of people, thousands of people. We've met fifteen people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, so I'm there at Arcade Infinity. This guy's like, "Did you go to Arcade Infinity?" No. And I'm like, "Oh, did you see the tweet?" And he's like, "Yeah, man. No, I watch your stuff." And I was like, "Oh, that's great." You know. And then the person in front of me finished with Beat Mania. It was me and actually two other people that were the only people to play Beat Mania. We would fill right. it up for the entire night on Fridays. And so I turn, and this guy who is built like a power lifter fucking punches me as hard as he can in my right shoulder the instant Fuck. I turn away. Yeah. Now, the thing is that, like, you know, I, I mentioned to this to you before, yeah. like, I, I got beat up quite a bit in in – elementary school skipped over middle school but then high school again we actually both got bullied quite a bit yeah no kids yeah no i mean i i got like a lot like there was actually a year where it was like you know twice a week some guy fucking punched me in the head punched me in the gut you know whatever yeah and it it, it takes you a bit to get used to getting punched in the face but but getting like punched in the shoulder it hurts, but you know you. The shoulders are an odd spot to attack somebody because it's not the jaw; it's not there to knock them out. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's not uh, the groin, which you could easily be hidden, and it would disable you. And it's yeah. a, it's, it's a cheap move. The shoulders like a patty of meat that you're hitting. Yeah, because you want, I guess, somebody to do something or 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 back down. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it, an odd. It just it's, yeah, a, sorry, it's an attention grabbing spot. So it punches me as like in, in the shoulder, and it it wasn't that hard. But I mean, like, you know, I, I'm not going to tough guy it up in this podcast, right? Like, it hurt. Well, it's also <laughs> like, like you're in an arcade. Hurt, man. You don't know what the fuck's going on. Someone yeah, yeah is, is hitting you. And... and Yeah, and so I remember I, I, I went, what the fuck, man? He's like, am I not good enough for you? And I said, is it just my turn in the arcade, man? Like, you know, I what a fucking psycho. Oh, I've talked to you about Holy this before. Holy shit. I know, like, I know. There's models of communication. I believe the wrong model, for any of you who have ever been on the internet, the wrong model is right and wrong. Who's right, who's wrong. Yeah. Fuck off, man. I'm going to go, okay, you're crazy. Don't do that. The most important model for working with people is escalation versus de-escalation. He punched, he escalated. So I turn him when I go, no, 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 man. I'm happy to hear from you. I'm just going to play this game, right? That's the mode, de-escalate. So I, I turn away. And then he punches me as fucking hard as he can, and and like I mean, what it, the fuck, it like it you you feel like weird things happen in your in your body when you get struck, right? It's, and I'm like, dude, I'm just gonna play a game, and he's like, well, fucking talk to me afterwards, okay? So like, you know, it, it's one of these things. Where this is why people have bodyguards. Is this is like this, yeah. this very very small percentage of people, um, that are just fucking dangerous. This yeah. is why I'm always amazed people are so willing to live stream with selfie cams out walking around as I think like, holy shit. Oh, you mean like the... Oh, you're like, I'm in, J- I'm in downtown what? Dallas and... Like Jake and Bake style? Yeah. I, I, I think that guy's great, by the way. He's I actually amazing. watch him a decent amount. Yeah. But I, I, I just always think, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> you no, know? And, and so I'm like, dude, I'm just going to play my game. And, and, and he... So I'm facing him. And he goes, lift up your shirt. And I went, oh, I didn't remember this part, actually. 
These are new details for you. Nick. Okay, this, okay. This, this I is thought, exclusively for the taste now of podcast. Now it's getting weird and rapey. Oh, my God. No, okay, so he says, lift up your shirt. Lift up your shirt. And I go, what? And he goes, you said you've been trying to work out, huh? Lift up your shirt. And I go, I don't want to lift up my shirt. Oh, so my God. he punches me as hard as he can in, the, in, in, like, the abs, right? Just like, bam. And I'm like, stop. And he goes, yeah, no, it sounds like you've been working. It feels like you've been working out. And he punches me again with his left. Fuck. And, and like the thing is, if you watch movies, you think that you're going to be cool and like do some move. But I was just like, I need to play Beat Mania now. <laughs> yeah, like, I want this to end now. And I, and I go, I'm going to play Beat Mania. And so he punches me in the face. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah. He just fucking slugs me in the face. Now, like. And there's this thing, like, so, like, you can tilt your head so it, like, gets you more in the forehead and not, like, in the jaw and stuff. And I don't know if you've ever been punched in the face, Nick, but what it feels like is that you teleport two seconds into the future. Yeah, yeah. And you're just suddenly in pain. And I go, I'm going to play Beat Mania now. So I just, like, turn and I play Beat Mania, which is, like, a very, like, zen, you're just going to play the game. Yeah. And, like... And, like, right as I finish the last song, you have four songs of Beat Mania, bam, punches me in the right shoulder again. And, and I mean, this is such a... On, on one hand, it's scary, but on the other hand, I've just played Beat Mania for 10 minutes. I mean, it's so weird. Most physical altercations are just weird. Right, right. Because after every physical altercation I've ever had, it's just usual shit. It's kind of boring, straightforward, you know. Some guy tried to like throw some punches after school. I'm like, oh, that hurt. All right, I'm going to walk home now. Right? There's this weird period. Yeah, so- there's this whole kind of like just walk away period where you're like, all right, all right, all right. Let's get away from this crazy person. And, you know, as I was playing, you know, part of my body's just playing the rhythm game. The other part of my body's going, okay, we're going to need to get Dan. Dan drove us out here. We're going to need to get away from here. This is bad. This yeah. person is behaving inappropriately because. You know, there's also another part of your brain that's like, did I, was it me? Was it me that maybe did the weird thing? Was Maybe I was mean to this guy or did, yeah. did I do something threatening? You know, there's that part and you're starting to sift through all these pieces of information you're understanding. So I I, I, I I get done and like I said, last song, bam. And I turn to him and I go, I got to meet with a friend. So I try to like go past him. And he's just, what? I'm not important to you. I don't matter to you. What am I not important to you? And, and I had this idea. I went, you know what? I need to tell someone about this. So I went to the front counter. Arcade Infinity is a really sort of packed, tiny arcade. Okay. Go to the front counter where there's a guy there. And, and, I, and I, I go, this guy is throwing punches at me. This guy. And I was going to say more. I was going to say this guy. I don't know who he is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I was going to explain. And he steps in and goes, like literally interrupts me and goes, this guy's trying to start a fight with me over Street Fighter. Oh my god! And 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 I went no 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 this is so crazy. I went no no, no. this <sighs> this guy's trying to strike. And every time I tried to talk, he would go, "This guy, he's telling me that like you know that like M Bison is a broken character. You know, he's like saying these words that uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and, and of course, of course, the person behind the stand goes. Guys, yeah, he th- he thinks it's both of you at this he, point he goes, in time. It's our last night open. Let's just try to calm things down. Let's try to placate. I remember there was a moment where some some went off in my head where I went, "Oh my god, no one's ever going to believe me." Yeah, I'm doomed. No one's ever going to believe because what I could have done is I could have gone, 
bitch, I'm day nine. Open Twitter. <laughs> Open Twitter. This guy yeah, is I a guess, stranger. I guess the logical thing would be like, listen, I'm a public figure. I mentioned him to be down here. This guy's a stalker. He's not Thank mentally you. fucking yes. stable. Get him away from me. I'm serious. Get him the fuck away from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, like, that is what we'd call the, you know, I mean, maybe a bit of derogatory, but it's the armchair Redditor point of view. Why didn't you do this? But, like, in the moment when you've, you know, I'd been punching. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's a big thing on the internet is, is here's what I would have done. Yeah. It's like, man, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, no, you have I mean, no idea what you, it, you're in a situation someone's throwing punches or something crazy's yeah. happened. Oh my you know, God. And, and it's like, here's what I would have done. I'm like, no, this is not, we're not doing a dice game RPG here where you get to be like, oh, okay, a, a level 20 ogre. All right, I run in between his legs. and say, No, yeah. no. This is a moment where you go, what the fuck? What? What? Oh, yeah, oh my God. Oh, my God. I'm in danger. Okay, pull it together. I'm- yeah. I don't know if anyone has ever been punched in the face before, but it's weird. Yeah. It, it, it like... To this day, one of the weirdest thing is like I'm staring at someone and they punch, and I know again to tilt my head towards the punch because I remember in high school being like, "How do you get punched in the face?" <laughs> like reading on the internet, right? So you like turn you punch in the face. Oh fuck! You're supposed to take it on the chin, technically, right? I don't fucking know. I, I believe that's why they say take it on the chin because it, the part that knocks you out if you get hit in the face is actually on the sides of your jaw. Like if something goes bad with your jaw and it feels like it might dislocate and that's what a big punch is yeah your brain just shuts off because it goes okay something bad's happening we can't live without sure. a jaw <laughs> no let me tell you i am not an expert at fights i am not trying to preach to anyone how to behave i'm just trying to well no, this is a crazy story yeah yeah i'm just like oh you you turn you turn your forehead towards the punch because that you're going to be a you know and i'll just like oh, you know i I got punched in the face by a very strong man and didn't pass out and was able to play Beat Mania. So, you know, that's my claim to fame. But, you know, there's that moment where I'm talking to this person at the counter and, and just something clicks where I go, no one's going to believe me. No one's going to believe me. I need to get out of here. I'm not safe. And that's right. a, that's a very scary feeling. Because, again, I'm a large man. I'm six foot four inches. No, you're I'm, like the size of the killer in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like you're like a no, fucking I'm, giant guy. I, I'm the villain in the first season of True Detective. Okay? Yeah, you're <laughs> huge. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, well, the thing is, you know, I, I think this is all something that happens when you're tall, is you don't get picked on as much, or you're not, you're not a target necessarily for violence if you're a tall male. I think guys who are much shorter have it much more difficult but but then yeah. occasionally if you're a, a large guy yeah because that, like, that i'm, I'm about in six one and a half six two yeah because in high I, school i started to get really tall and like yeah the bullies kind of go away i'm not i'm not a fighter but like my arms are way longer than the people that were bullying me so yeah I, they could punch and i could like push them away and not get punched right um and so just there's a very, you know, a subconscious thing that happens where I'm like, oh, no one messes with me anymore because I'm large. Yeah. No, that, that that's definitely a real thing. Like if you're just a large, tall guy, you just don't have to deal with this as much. But in this case, you're dealing with a psycho um, who's clearly either on, on some kind of drug or is just I, I think, unstable. I think he may or, have been on drugs. Like I think he may have yeah, been. Well, it's because, a safe bet. But I mean. I mean, I, I, I've never done any drugs. Like I don't know. <laughs> Oh, I, I drink a oh, lot like, of Dan, coffee. This Dan, is I have, I've done my fair share of drugs, and I would say this guy <laughs> sounds like somebody who's <laughs> definitely was on something, you know. But yeah. or or he could he could just have a um a, a, some kind of a, a mental disorder. 
sure, you know, sure. Um, but there, there's something going on there. So essentially, this guy stalks you to the arcade. He's hitting you. And, and so, you know, I was I was at the, I was at the booth, and I just went, no one's going to believe me. And these guys just, just you know, get out of here. And so I, 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 I immediately, he was to my left, I was at the right, and someone had come between us to get coins, and I just, or I had some issue or something. So I ran to the right to Dan, who was at Super Puzzle Fighter HD Remix. Yeah. Which is an amazing game. And I go, Dan, we got to get out of here. There's a guy who's trying to beat the shit out of me. We got to get the, get the hell out of here now. And he's like, What? And the guy comes around the corner. This is like the part in a horror movie where, like, they're banging on the window. We gotta go. Someone's trying to kill me. I yeah. gotta get out of here. And he's going, "What? Is this some kind of a joke?" Yeah. And then and, the killer and, bursts in, and he dives over me. He just bam, 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 punching me. And I'm just trying to keep my right shoulder up, right? Like, yeah. And he's like swinging at my head, and I can, you know, pull my head away and like avoid these blows. And Dan, Dan, again, you think you're gonna be cool. When some shit hits the fan, Dan just keeps playing Super Puzzle Fighter. He's like, he's looking at this. He's going, oh my god, oh my god. He's just playing. Right. It. Everybody's in shock. And and so I just run around and skirt all the way around and go into the bathroom. I shut the door, and I lock it. And, and I mean, I was just sitting there and I was like, oh my god, what what do I do? Because in the movies, there's a fast cut and there's a thing that right. you see. But I mean, like, I sit there for like ninety seconds, which again, you know, take your clock out, set a ninety second time. Ninety seconds is a long time. Yeah. And I was just like, "Huh, there's a person who legitimately wants to beat the shit out of me." And again, I'm not saying this is true. This is what my brain said at the time. I said, "And no one's going to believe me, or no one's going to help me. I need to run the hell out of here." And I swear to God. Right, like just just opening that bathroom door was like the scariest moment of my life. Right, just trying to like open it. I just like open it. He apparently didn't see me going to the bathroom, so he didn't see. And so I like r- run out, and run down. Like, we gotta go now. Go now. We gotta run. It sounds Wait, like a scene with like Jurassic Park, and they're trying to hide from the raptors and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's arcade machines instead of lab desks. Yeah, and so we like run. We run out. We get in Dan's car, and I see him sprinting down the escalator. Like sp- like shoving people out of the way, and I'm like, Dan, go 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 go. Yeah. And so Dan starts to drive his shitty, terrible, like 1980s car, whatever it was the oldest, jankiest car, and the guy actually dives in front of the car. Oh my fucking god! And so Dan swerves, it's like the T one thousand chasing down oh that car god. with Sarah Connor, and yeah, no, he dives out of the way. We swerve out of this arcade Infinity parking lot and just go to the sushi place across the street. And I want to stress the weirdest thing about ever having anyone get physical with you, fight with you. So, like two minutes after it's done, it's just you know, it's boring. It's it's, it's but it's probably the the trauma that sets in later on. You yeah. go, wait, what the fuck happened there? You know, and that's what it was. I was like, what what the hell? And and Dan was next to me. He's like, what what the hell? Because I mean, yeah, Dan basically just went there, played Street Fighter, lost. Sorry, Dan, got shit on. Went to go play Street or um, um, Super Puzzle, Puzzle Fighter. Fighter. Yeah. Went back to Street Fighter. Went back to Super Puzzle Fighter. I showed up being punched by a man. Ran away. And then he played Street Fighter. And then he played Super Puzzle Fighter. And then I show up and I'm like, "We gotta go!" And then he runs and he like, his brain was going like, "What? What on earth? Yeah, just happened." And you know, I mean, the whole point of this entire story is that I don't know if this is true for all commentators or all YouTubers. Twitch streamers, public yeah. figures, but I think everyone has one story, one experience that makes them go, 
wow, I I actually have to be really careful because I I shit you not, 99.9999% of people are amazing. Ever since I streamed, I realized I love people. People are the best. People yeah. are interesting and smart and funny and compelling and cool and thoughtful and generous. But there's one crazy person every now and again that will try to beat the shit out of you at Arcade Infinity. Well, this is why you have, you know, it, it's obviously very present at events, but security. is It's not, Yeah, I mean, we can go on a whole fucking tangent on gun violence but there's a reason why people are concerned about just accessibility of guns most people can handle their stuff with guns it's just people are concerned about that one guy that's gonna flip out and you know i i don't want to kind of unlock this whole debate but it's most people are good it's the concern of, of those people and you know you said that you do these long signings i only do signings if there's a security person there or something there or, or if you catch me like at BlizzCon, uh, you know I'll sign some stuff, but then I usually try to go back. I, I don't necessarily go through the whole line. Um, okay, so next time we do a podcast, I'll send, I'll tell you my crazy story of, of stalker. I, I don't want to give too much, but I'll share that story. And by the way, I don't want to color since we're going to close this podcast out. I don't want to color this whole thing as you know the fan base is bad, but these are things that streamers and casters and gaming personalities you know, can deal with uh, i think a lot of people think it's, it's online but sometimes it's in real life as well and it's kind of weird yeah. and it's it's fucked and um yeah since then i yeah. i mean i just said you know what i'm not going to tweet any specific location that i'm going to i get to. so fucking mad when i'm out and people take a photo of me and tag the location i go what is wrong with you yeah. I already find it weird if people take a photo of me and then tweet it out, like people that I work with. I'm like, why are you doing that? That's just so weird. Just take a photo with me. You don't need to show people that you're with me. We work at the same event together. Don't do not do that. But yeah, it's uh, it probably took a lot of courage for you to share that story, Sean. So I, it's really appreciated. It, and we did not actually plan that out at all. This has been a very ad-lib podcast. So <laughs> no, let me I was, when you start, because I, I had known about this after it happened because I'm your brother. But I you didn't know, know there, we were going to go there. There's one thing I didn't talk about, which, yeah. which is that my 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 arm was fucked up for about a month. Really, I I couldn't play any StarCraft because it just hurt Fuck. to like operate. And you know, like it's that guy's such a cunt. Fuck that guy. I can't believe this. I sorry. Part of me is your older brother is just like yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just like oh, leave my brother alone. Um, well, no, I mean, but it's it's one of these weird things where you know I I. It, it, it it's a very different feeling from being bullied because you know I I had I had my fair being share stalked of, is definitely different from being well because thing about a yeah. bully is that you go to the school and there's the bully at the school yeah, who does people have a bully boss at work or something or, like know, that goes to it but like it it was this person that I had never met before who showed up at an event that was a celebration the shutting down of one of the greatest gaming centers in all of Los Angeles, Arcade right. Infinity, who just showed up and was, like, really violent. You know? you know what's weird about this whole thing, too? Like, for me, the best fans I meet are the ones in Korea. But part of that's because there's a barrier. If you're a fan and you're watching, because it's all non-Koreans that watch our stuff. The Koreans watch the Korean casters. That makes sense, right? So if you're somebody who's able to get a passport, have money saved up to get an airplane ticket, get through immigration, get in, in a foreign country, get a hotel or an Airbnb. There's a level of sanity that has to be there, right? 
It's probably That's a, a lot great less. Point, yeah, because yeah, I I deal with this way less, or just weird, you know, um, people that are antisocial. Um, from a psychological perspective, they have antisocial personality disorder. Or they're stalkers, because usually people like that are not going to have their shit together enough to get all the way to Seoul. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's a, if this guy's that's a task, if this man. guy's attacking you in an arcade, this is not the same guy who can answer questions at an airport security line <laughs> and fucking, you know what I mean? Have a reasonable. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like in some weird way, the country I live in has a filtration process um, where you just, I don't have to deal with that as much. Yeah, but I, it's not as robust in Los Angeles. Well, yeah, and also LA has this kind of weird celebrity worship culture that is just i mean this is like where tmz sits outside and takes photos of people and annoys them and somehow it's news that there's some drunken celebrity leaving the club and you, you know it, it's it's there's yeah. a sort of a weird uh fascination with people that have influence or do things like that and so i just wonder if that's part of it too um i have no idea it was really cool that you shared that man that's it's really appreciated, man. I think it's good for a lot of people to hear that. You know, there's a whole other world of yeah, being I, an I, internet I, public figure and kind of the weird, freaky things that come with that. Well, I mean, I feel like there's a sort of second story after it, which Go is... Go ahead, yeah. What do you do when someone has physically beaten you? Yeah. Your, your arm's messed up. Yeah, I didn't have a black eye or anything, you know. I, right, I your face my, isn't I turned up. my forehead to it, which, again, I don't know if that's right or not, but that's what I did, and it you know, hurts badly. Um, but you know, it was just my right arm that was fucked up for a little while. And after that, I remember just thinking like, okay, what's the right decision here? I don't mean in in like a justice sense. I mean, just in terms of like the cold, hard, pragmatic, or excuse me, cold, hard, pragmatic, I'm going live in two days. Or maybe uh, that was maybe when I did my shows on Sunday. So like one day, like what, what do I do? And I just said, I am not going to mention this for at least a few years because well you told me but yeah you didn't mention anything publicly right no because i remember i remember talking to you because i was like nick nick someone actually tried to beat the shit out of me and kind of did yeah i don't don't remember what you said at the time my advice at the time was never tweet your location because it's like a signal Mm, yeah to insane people I mean, you can do it if you're in an event, but I mean, if you're just, you know, if I'm in a going to the cafe, sushi place, yeah. And I think most of the time people do it, it's fine. But I mean, there's just an undeniable factor. Um, and I can't remember what my advice was. I mean, if if the same thing happened now, I would just say, I, well, I remember, fucking run and scream, say, I'm going to call the cops. You know, I'm I, calling the police. <laughs> Someone call the fucking police. This man's assaulting me. I mean, there's sort of a, 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 but of course, you know, when that happens, you don't know. But I, the advice I would give is. You call the police. Somebody help me. I, I I don't know this guy. I don't know this guy. I don't know. I mean, that's the first thing. I don't know this guy. I do not know this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a public figure. I'm being I'm being assaulted. I don't know this guy. And it's weird because, like, you know. Because the- a lot of guys want to be like, you know what I do, man? I've done, been doing a lot of martial arts stuff. And I'm no, no, no. Fuck that. Because you could end up punch. Let's say that you were a good fighter. You could punch that guy out and end up in fucking jail. You might accidentally kill him. You know? <laughs> This is, and I mean, like, I want to stress, this person was absolutely jacked out of their mind. Yeah. That was what was really... Because, I mean, you know, like, I know, I know I put on some pounds and lost some pounds. But, I mean, like, I was just a pretty much a regular, tall, lanky nerd. And just the, the ripped out of their mind. 
person throwing punch and it, it you you feel it crack on your bones when you get punched in the arm by someone who's really trying to hurt you and and I mean I remember I after that I just thought I can't tell a single person about this ever well there's I also though there's a whole male factor as well of like you don't ever want to have to talk about getting beaten up right I mean there's this whole sure thing about you want to have a story that says, okay, well, I, I did, then I, you know, I did my I did Mortal a, Kombat slide kick and, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I did this and Karate I knocked, chopped I knocked him and I won. And yeah. it wasn't on World Star Hip Hop, but if it was, it would have been amazing. But <laughs> instead, you're just sitting there going like, what the fuck is going on no, here? No, no, I, I had someone who tried to throw punches and actually did a significant amount of damage and I ran away and he dove in front of a car and we drove away. Yeah. And, that, and that's the story. And I, I said I'm just not going to talk about this because I just I don't want to glorify anyone who does any of this sort of behavior. And I mean I'm comfortable now saying it because it was almost 10 years ago. Well, I think also there's some value in in the fact that people get to hear that stuff like this does happen. I mean, I've heard all yeah. sorts of weird stalker-esque stories and I've experienced some on my own. And I want to emphasize both Sean and me have otherwise generally speaking very ordinary happy lives, but you know as the internet has gotten so big and people have access to so many people. I mean, think about this. There was a period where there was only the Beatles that you listened to and a few other bands, or Elvis, right? And Frank Sinatra, who ran yeah. New York. And so in, in those moments, those people, they have all the attention, but they also have all the protection and everybody's sort of there. Sure. Now we've got so many fractions of different people. I mean, I'm making this podcast, right? I don't know how big this thing's going to be. I have no idea. Maybe it will never I'm be that I'm happy big. for both of you who've tuned in. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> the two of you who've been here. But to put this stuff out here, um, I can always find my audience, right? But that also means I don't have the same kind of um, protection or, or, or mentoring or coaching, uh, any of that stuff that or a lot of other people Templates or here's another story of something that happened to someone similar to you. Do what they did, and here's what another person did that was yeah. bad, and here's what another person did that was good. Do the good thing. Like, it's all winging it. Exactly. You know, I can't even find an agent who won't fuck me over. You know, it's it's it's, it's hard to get anything that, that for the stuff that I need, but people need to appreciate this. And, you know, sometimes when you talk about, you know, we were talking about the, the stresses and the concerns of just people being, uh, unreasonable on the internet or occasionally someone being unreasonable with your time, let's say after an event where you need to be alone or you need to be left alone. But I need yeah, to sleep, yeah. The, the, the stresses of just, you know, someone who's a fucking lunatic bothering you. You know, I, I think it's good to get that out there and let people know, you know this is part of this world um, and it's part of what happens when you're a public figure. And, you know, I, I my attitude is one of extreme personal responsibility of, mm -hmm. okay, well, there are people that are going to want to literally hurt me. What do I do to prevent that from happening whilst still being able to make sure that I can give people those precious two minutes that is important to me to share? I mean, my thing is I'm always pretty... I, I don't know what it's like for people that watch my stuff to meet me, but I always try to be... um nice but i also try to be short like I, I can't be there for too much longer i mean occasionally if you see me 
let's say I'm in a bar with some other people, I can usually chat you up a little bit longer, but especially yeah. if it's a long line or a bunch of people, or especially if I've just finished a broadcast, I just, my energy levels are sort of depleted, you know? And so depleted I try to, I try a good word for it. I try to give as much of myself as I can, but then also I, I need to get out. I need to get dinner. If it's a cast, I need to go get some food, go back and, and get back home. I mean, I have a lot of people, and I think they're very nice people. When I'm done with GSL, they'll say, can I buy you dinner? And the answer is no. Yeah. I mean, because if I, if I were to say yes to that, and I was being fair, I would be having dinner with strangers every night for weeks. And it's, it's you know, it's appreciated, but uh, I can't do that, you know. I mean, and, and at the end of the day, it's it's like an energy level thing. Right. How much you know, can you give? How much can you output? Yeah, because I mean, like to to give a really simple comparison, it's like if you ran twenty miles and someone came up to you and said, "I love your content. I love what you do. I would love if you ran three miles with me." Oh, that's a really good way to put it. Because yeah, I I want to stress, no one ever asking to have dinner, to have a drink, to share a story. It's never bad. Don't ever think that we are upset or hurt or rolling our eyes. Oh, it's another one of these cucks who wants to give me dinner because they enjoy my content like that. Never, 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 never happens. It's just that if I've run 20 miles, I don't have three more miles to give. I I just need to lie down. Right. And, and there's different things than, you know, being physically intense and being physically relaxed. There's things like being focused and on and being unfocused. If you want to have dinner with me, you owe me being focused. Right. I do not think it's even appropriate for me to be out of it and chilling at the dinner that you're paying for that you you came out to this cast. Not even just that. I mean, for me, it's just like, like, I, I don't want to get dinner with you. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, this is the truth is, um, it, 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 sometimes, yeah, I, you know, I, I, if you see, like you say, you see me in a bar. Yeah. I mean, I might have a beer with you, but other times like, I I just don't want to do that either. You know, I, I, right. And, and, and a lot of times I can't, cause that doesn't make sense for me, you know? Um, and it's appreciated. I think it's very sweet when people offer it, but I mean, I, I, I can't, I don't want to, I have, I have a date. Or I've got I've got to get back to my my home with my cats or, Fuzz and or and Bobo. But, or, or, or I just don't want to, I just don't want to do it. You know, I, I you know it, it might it might even be that too. But you know, everybody who watches my stuff or, or or if if anything I make helps people get through their day, makes them happy. That's why I'm doing it. Um, but that's where I give myself. Yeah. Yeah. How is this podcast, by the way? Did you enjoy this? Was it good? It was great, Nikki. Excellent. Uh, we both have to pee really badly. We did, I think, combined, we did about a little bit over three hours. Whoa. Yeah, so this will probably, Jesus. with uh, commercials and stuff, be about a three and a half. Can we shut up ever? You know, we apparently, this is the longest one I've ever gone for. I'm going to cut this one into two. We might move some parts around. but Please do. This was excellent, Sean. Thank you so much, man. And um, I guess that does it, guys. Thank you for listening. Um I love you guys. You want to say bye-bye? Yeah, no, Nick, I love you. I'm really Love you, ha- too. This has been a great family trip, it's, by the way. This is so, so cool great. hanging out with you in Hong Kong. God, it's so good to just see you in real life. It's really great. I know. Living across the world and stuff like this Yeah, makes it hard to have moments like this. So yeah. uh, next time we meet up, let's let's do another one of these. This was awesome. Um, cool. Love you, man. We're closing the podcast out. Wonderful. Hey, everyone, thanks so much for joining us. I uh, hope you enjoyed the ramblings of day nine and tasteless pretty cool episode huh
went a lot deeper than I bet you guys were expecting, but I really enjoyed having that conversation with Sean, my little brother, or day nine, as you guys know. Uh, that was really cool. It was cool to see him and my dad uh, and me all together in Hong Kong. That was a lot of fun. I know we had a lot of fun nights out, you know, getting drinks and talking and, I don't know, just all getting to catch up. Um, and we have some other recordings done. I'm not going to announce them because I'm going to keep you guys in suspense. But we have plenty more great episodes uh, coming up here at the Tasteless Podcast. As you've heard a million times before, uh, patreon.com forward slash Tasteless Podcast. If you want to support us here, uh, think of it like a Twitch sub, basically. Uh, also, it would really help if you could rate and review this or tell a friend, subscribe to us on YouTube, do anything you can. Um, I, I really, really appreciate it. It really does make a huge difference. And um, I guess that does it. This podcast was produced by Ryan and Melty. Artwork by Alaris. Music by Mark Lentz. Is that everybody? Okay, God, I th for a second I thought maybe there was more people. All right, yeah, that's it. Those are all the amazing people uh, who produce this podcast. Guys, thanks for joining us. I will see you again uh, in, what are we doing, a week or one week, two weeks? One week. one week. We'll be back in one week. This is why you guys see I need extra people here to do this podcast. I don't know what the fuck's going on half the time. All right, guys, I will see you in a week. I love you. Bye-bye.